from my apartment in Hollywood during quarantine. It's the Nighttime Show Podcast. Here with me right now, social distancing, uh, is my dearest, dearest friend, Mr. Matt Walker. Uh, I have, of, of course, the host of the Nighttime Show, Stephen Kramer Glickman, and our guest today. Oh, wow. Uh, very, very exciting. I, I cannot tell you how big a fan I am, especially of... Uh, of her TV show that she's on, Better Things. I've watched every episode. Every time she shows up, I'm always happy to see her. Uh, but also, Coop and Cammy Ask the World, which is a massive Disney show. Uh, people love that show. And, of course, Shameless. Ladies and gentlemen, Rebecca Metz is here. Yeah. Hello. Hey. Hi. How are you? Fine. <laughs> so, it's a very exciting yeah. intro. There'll be We'll have music in yes. there. It'll be... <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, the whole intro is amazing. Life <laughs> is weird. Yes. Intro amazing. I feel much better about myself than I did twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Life is weird. How has this been for you? What What are you doing during during quarantine and all this <laughs> nonsense that's happening in the world? That is a great question. I've actually had some auditions, which is hilarious because they're they're sort of like hey we want to know if you're available for a project we don't know where it's shooting or when you think you could do it (laughs) oh yeah sure yeah that that sounds feasible and is that Um, all done via like skype calls or zoom or one of those uh it's it's um like self-tape audition so i have i now have two ring lights oh yeah because i bought one and then disney sent me one and they were like we don't need it back so I could probably shoot a movie in my house if I wanted to. Yeah, you probably um, could. And and I'm trying to focus more on voiceover because you can do that from home. And I'm cooking a lot and mm-hmm. watching a lot of TV. What are you watching right now? I'm rewatching. I have a few shows. I'm finding myself very much in the doing the thing that a lot of people are doing that like been reported in the news. Rewatching shows I've already watched because I don't want any surprises. Okay. So, oh yeah, I get that. Uh, yeah, so I have rewatched all of the Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I'm currently rewatching The Americans, um, which is one of my go-to's. West Wing, always rewatching West Wing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Oh, I will say though, I watched um, Betty on HBO, which okay. if you haven't watched, um, I loved it. Like of the new things I have watched recently, that's far and away my favorite. We've of course watched. Floor is lava, and holy moly, the miniature okay. golf. Yeah, have, the, you, have no, you watched the wipeout? Wait, 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 have you watched Cannonball? <laughs> yeah, no, what's Cannonball? Cannonball is on Hulu. It is a show in uh, that basically is is in which uh, somebody slides down a giant slide, uh, and then they fly up into the air over a pool, and they try to hit some sort of target, and uh, and then they just crash into the water. And um, oh my it's, God. Uh, it's like Wipeout, except it's all water based and it's yeah. uh, and people are just having the worst days, uh, worst day of their life. <laughs> You're just watching uh, that's people. perfect quarantine television. Holy moly, if you haven't watched it, it's pretty much the same thing. It's Wipeout with water and miniature and golf. golf. Yeah. Oh, wow. And and it's very cold. Like you can tell it's all outside and you can tell that it's freezing See, like when people go in the water they come off and there's just steam coming off of them and they are visibly shaking 
Oh. So that adds an element. I watched Cannonball. I watched Cannonball when it was just called the Celebrity Diving Show with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh-huh. oh. doing cannonballs into the water because he didn't know how to dive, which was hilarious. They did that with uh, uh-huh. Drake Bell was on that as yeah. well, and so was a couple other people. I remember <laughs> the dumbest just show. having the worst <laughs> days of their lives. Like it's just so hard because it's like a show like Dancing with the Stars. You know, you go, you maybe you do a show like that. It's not the best thing for your career. You know, everyone, yeah. you know that. Like doing Dancing with Stars, maybe not the best possible yeah, choice. Yeah, that means it. It means I'm gonna go back to my retirement home and yeah. go to sleep. Right, and I, but I'm gonna get so in trouble for saying that. I no, 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 but it's like you know, it's like the payday on Dancing with the Stars is insane, and yeah, yeah. and people know it, and it's like it's also kind of forgivable. Like if you do it, it's like such a big show. It depends like, on on what your career is. Like for Bill Nye. Great move. Yeah, who cares? who cares? You know, who cares? Totally true. Yeah. I disagree with myself. Totally true. For some people, it's like, oh, that's fun. Good for them. They're trying something new. And then yeah. for some people, you're sort of like, oh, they're still alive. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then like, a step, uh, like, one step to the side of that is something like Celebrity Big Brother, where you're like, Oh, I don't know if this was a good choice, guys. Yeah. And then a step away from that is like, let's go d- dive into a swimming pool. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, now we're in, no. we're well, the, in deep the shit. The worst was uh, the, what was it called? Get Me Out of Here, which was basically Celebrity Survivor. Do you remember oh, yeah. that oh, one? Oh, boy. Which was like, yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. Brutal. Like, why, yeah. are you, why are you doing It's like... It's hard. Yeah. This, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird business, you like know? Like, the, and... the only thing that would be... <laughs> the only thing worse that you could top any of these is would be Celebrity Naked and Afraid, oh, where you actually no. have to be naked oh, doing it. Oh, my God. That would be... Yeah, I, I don't want to do that show. <laughs> but... Has there ever been a Celebrity Fear Factor? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't know. Celebrity Apprentice, I though... Like... I feel like almost, was, almost al- the same. Was almost, it was very close. <laughs> yeah, yes, very much the same. Yeah, very yeah. much the same. I did. Uh, I d- I did um, a reality show. Uh, one episode. I did uh, cupcake, oh, yeah, cupcake wars. wars. Yeah. God, I loved that show. Oh, that was yeah. fun. How'd you do? Oh, well, he was a judge. I was a judge. So. I was a judge. Oh my god. Yeah. This is my oh. dream. That's the dream. Did, as soon as the Disney Channel thing happened, I was like, I want to be a judge on all of the kids' cooking competitions. Yeah. I want to compete on Chopped. I want to mm-hmm. like, I want to do all the all the cooking shows because I'm obsessed with those. Well, yeah, I love those. We shows. We got to talk about Coop and Cammy save the world because uh, ask the world because um, everybody for, does that. Everybody yeah. does that. <laughs> save the world. Save the world. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> you're Dave, asking a lot of those poor kids. I know. Like, I know. Dave, but I know. David, just ask the world. <laughs> David Kendall, who directed. Um, um, a lot of the the show on that it, is a yeah. one of my dearest friends and and directed me oh. for a long. He was my director on Big Time Rush for a long, long, long time. And uh, the the cast of of that show, those kids, Albert is just just an insane, talented kid. He was on um, what's it called? He was on Doctor Ken's show. He's on Trophy Wife with mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Marsha, who was on our show. And oh yeah, we we yeah. love him. We think Albert is a is a little genius. Like he's so talented. What were those kids like he, to work with? They, I mean, they were amazing. I I do not have kids. I've always known I didn't want kids, and so when I got this show, all my friends were like, "Ha ha!" With five children and no adults, and I was like, I-, I did not know what I was in for. But it was—it's been so much fun. I miss them. Like when I met them, they were Olivia. I think was fifteen or fourteen, but the rest of them were thirteen and 
younger. Mm-hmm. So they really were kids, you know, yeah. and uh, for several of them, it was their first big job, big acting job. And, yeah. and, and in the beginning we were doing like, you know, I was trying to help them with super basic things about acting on camera, you know, because they, they, they were new to it and that's a super high pressure situation. And I have just been blown away by how quickly and how far they have advanced in terms of like becoming really great actors and like knowing themselves as actors stuff that takes adults their whole lives and a lot of training. Yeah. And you know, being, I mean, being the adult on the show is, you know, I, I, I dealt with that. I did that for five years. Like it is, it is a, an interesting responsibility because like there is really a lot of uh, people looking up to you and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to show them that like, you know, this is, this is all natural. This is all normal. But then at the same time, and you know, like as an, as an actor, you know, as an actress, like this in this, this town is so unpredictable and so weird that you just, you know, you're trying to like lead, be a leader. But then at the same time, you're like, I don't know what is happening sometimes, you know? Well, you're, you're trying to be a leader, except you're behind all of them on the call sheet. So like, (laughs) very clear. And like, we would go to events, you know, big Disney, like red carpet events. And I would always get mistaken for one of their publicists or parents. And, you know, people around me would have to be like, no, no, she's on the show. Oh my God. you're a leader, but you are the least important person on the show. Yeah, which is fine. Um, I I tried to just model good professional acting behavior for them because you know it feels like that's sort of the least I can do. And I I had to often fight my impulse to be protective of them because it's not my job, and they have great parents. We're very lucky to have really good mm-hmm. parents on the show who who are you know. That has everything to do with, I think, yeah. how then, the kids. Do you have to deal with uh, a strange schedules for you, where it's like, hey, they can only work so many hours per day, and uh, in different shifts, and they have to go and study with their tutor and all that kind of stuff. Like, does that yeah. affect your? Like, are you basically working the entire day, and then with different groups of these kids, or or how does that work? A for little you? bit, a little bit. You know, I'm the only one who can work overtime, and mm-hmm. so if someone is going to get screwed, it's going to be me. But. <laughs> Um, but, but like kids, multi-camera, the hours are way easier than any kind of grown up TV. Maybe I, yeah. you know, I know there are grown up multi-camera shows that get down to like three days and that's amazing. But, but a lot of the crew only work on kids, multi-cam because they love the hours. They're going to be home for dinner. You know, oh, people yeah. get into that world and they just stay forever because it's, it's pretty cushy compared to like working in drama or single camera comedy. Yeah. If you're on like a feature or something, then they're like, Hey, go to British Columbia and stay there for three months and all that. So, yeah. 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 And I tried, you know, on my, on my more difficult days, I would say to the kids, if they complained about something, I would be like, just wait, wait till you turn 16. I would be like, okay, I I need to go hang out in my trailer for a couple minutes and not not terrify them. So how did you, how did you get started in acting? Oh, wait, wait, before we get to that, I got to throw one thing out there real quick. This is just a, uh, a thank you. I have to throw just in case she's, she is listening to the show at Mm -hmm. at some point is, uh, Ruby Rose hooked me up (laughs) huge, huge because, uh, she's one of the main characters on the mm-hmm. show and my nephew yep. is like a major major fan of her and mm-hmm. asked me is there any possible way that you could ask Ruby 
to uh, to like um, w- you know wish me happy birthday or something like this. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like Ruby Rose from from like the Fast and the Furious. I was like, I'm <laughs> yeah, not. Confusing. I'm, I was like, I'm not confusing. reaching. I don't know her. But then I realized it was Ruby Rose Turner from your show. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's Disney Channel. I'm Nickelodeon. Like I've done some Disney stuff. Like, and so I reached out on Twitter and was just like, isn't hey, that like the you- isn't that like the Crips and the Bloods of TV? Like you guys fight each other to I death. Think it's 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 eased up. Or in language, you understand the Jets and the Sharks. Is that closer right, to something you'll right. understand? Soon? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's closer to the ratings wise. It's closer to the Jets and the Sharks. Than yeah, the yeah. The Disney's wiping the floor with Nickelodeon though right now. We're, yeah. yeah, we're we're it's not it's not a it's not a good fight. But you right crossed now. over. You were in a Disney movie, so. Did, I was. I did like a yeah. Disney something. Anyways, did it doesn't you have matter. To be yeah. Like deprogrammed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what was like the biggest difference, and I don't know if if uh, this is the same as it was then, but at Nickelodeon, uh, they basically I was told from a few directors that do both shows that uh-huh. Disney does not believe that kids uh, appreciate irony. <laughs> And, uh-huh. and and that Nickelodeon believes that kids like things that are super ironic and weird. So for television, like sh- like Nick shows were very like quirky and strange and oddball characters and real weird. Mm-hmm. And Disney was like, whatever we wrote on the script, that's what you're doing on the day. Like, yeah. whatever we agree to is what it is. It's not mm-hmm. ever going to be much. like some improv or weird yeah. stuff. Is that kind of... Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I mean... I, mean, I got told by... Uh, I remember a wardrobe person like coming up and like moving the kid's clothes or my clothes or something so like a bra strap wasn't showing like on a shoulder wow. and i sort of rolled my eyes and i remember one of them being like a nickelodeon they don't care about bra straps and i was <laughs> oh. oh um there's an episode of the big time rush show i did where jeff ross comes in to roast me the roast master and he says oh he comes in and he goes uh he goes oh i uh, i listened to your new track and it uh uh, it, uh, uh, it, he said something like, um, yeah, it, uh, made me rethink my life and makes me want to kill myself or something like that. <laughs> and like he said, make, he said the words makes me want to kill myself on Nickelodeon. No way. Yeah. And no then, way. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, I really, really like the second track. It sounds a lot like number two, you know, like there was a lot of like, you know, and he was like, "Oh, my Grammy would love this track." Uh, my and she's been dead for twenty years. Like yeah. it was a lot of like <laughs> stuff that would never fly. But okay, um, you went to Carnegie okay. Mellon. Matt Walker went to Carnegie Mellon, and yes. go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, that's true. That's Were true. you traumatized or pleased with your experience? Uh, a little of both. I was there studying mechanical engineering, so uh, we never crossed paths, mm. even though we were there at the same yeah. time, because I looked up, we're roughly the same age. Um, I oh, probably wow. helped traumatize you in the fact that I played drums in the pipe and drum band, so I'm sure I annoyed mm. you many times walking around campus uh, hearing us making a racket, I would imagine. I don't remember being annoyed by that. I remember, like, it, that was just, like, one of those experiences that I was like, oh, right, I'm actually in kind of a traditional university setting. I forget yeah. because all I do is, like, play Red Light, Green Light, one, two, three all day, and <laughs> my friends are all in engineering classes. Yeah. Um, 
and my favorite thing actually about Carnegie Mellon, one of my favorite mm-hmm. things is that we have the only bagpiping major in the United States. Now there's more, and, but at the time it was the only oh, really? one. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Coffee you can get bags. one at UC, you but, can get one at UC Riverside now, which is strange, but that I don't is know. strange. Yeah. That's not the right like climate for bagpiping. <laughs> it, it's I, and they they You're only right. brought it in. You know why they brought it in? Because the UC Riverside mascot is the Highlanders, and I'm convinced they were just like, uh, oh, we're the Highlanders. Let's just add bagpiping. Like there's yeah. no reason to do it there for for any reason at all. But Riverside, no. California, you can go there. Yeah. But you used to hear it like floating the sound floating across mm-hmm. campus as the bagpiping majors were practicing and i love that yeah no they were really good because uh, i played drums in the pipe and drum band so i was uh annoying my neighbors but not to the same extent in a different way but i mean <laughs> uh, i loved it all you did not annoy me yeah but uh like when we were there like now there's some sad news because like the o just closed for good and i don't know what oh, yeah, people in pittsburgh are going to do and see that that's place even where you would go and you get a large 16-inch cheese pizza for $3, oh. which was <laughs> Seems every, sustainable. Bit, every bit as good as a $3 pizza you imagine. Oh. It was that good. Oh, wow. Uh, but the thing was you'd get the smallest order of French fries. And, like, yeah. you know those fry buckets they, they fry French fries in, yeah. like, when you go to places? It's an entire one of those was the small. Oh, my God. And then it would, it would feel like an entire cafeteria tray was the small order of fries. Oh, wow. And, and it was a scene. Like, the line was a scene. Yeah. Where- oh, it sounds like a fun place. What, what did you, were you, did you study acting at, at school? I did, yes. What, that uh, what, what I was doing there. What type of, uh, were you doing plays? What type of plays were you doing? All kinds. Of, it was it was a pretty hardcore theater education. All kinds of plays: classical, contemporary, American, not American. Do you have any um, any any favorites? Any anything that was like, ooh, this this yeah, this changed? Yeah, me. my um, and this actually kind of connects to a good better thing story. So my senior year, um, I I got the lead. Like I'm a character actor. I am always like the lady who comes in says something funny and leaves you know like yeah. i understand that that is mm-hmm. my job but i got to be the lead in a fado farce called a cat among the pigeons and like they handmade me a corset custom to my measurements and it was beautiful and i had pretty dresses and pretty hair and i got to look pretty and it was like and and the director's name was Mladen Kisilov, who was this bulgarian director who was like yoda he just like everybody loved him he was so just talented and the way he communicated and, and I think I probably got the part because I'd complained to the department that I'd never gotten to work with him and they were like oh for god's sake just give her you know <laughs> the role yeah. in this play and um the better thing story is that uh on set Diedrich Bader and I were sitting around talking about Pittsburgh and whatever and he was like yeah Drew and I went to Pittsburgh once when we were doing Drew Carey and uh we actually went to see a play at Carnegie Mellon and we were going back and forth about the play and I was like did you see a cat among the pigeons in 1996? And he was like, yeah, I think I did. And I was like, that was me. <laughs> wow. And he oh remembered. My God. Like, wow. Yeah, Diedrich saw me in my, my specialist college lead role. That's crazy. When I remember oh I saw Drew Carey at Carnegie Mellon because he came and performed at uh, Spring Carnival one year in like 92 or 93. probably when it was. That's, that might be when it was. Yeah, it might have been later. Yeah, I, I forget when it was, but I remember seeing Drew Carey then, and he yeah. wasn't like super famous at the time. Like he was like a guy, uh-huh. but he wasn't like Drew Carey at that time. Uh, and it was cool. Hey, uh, a quick thing I want to talk about, uh, Mike Black. I, I think this is uh, something that we we really should talk about, yeah. and uh, it's a um, a company 
yes. that was founded in 1983 in Tokyo, Japan. Of course, I'm talking about the Zoom Corporation. Zoom. Now, if, if it wasn't for Zoom, and Matt knows this, we would not be able to do our show. Um, they make the best audio equipment in the world. Um, we, wh- Which one are we using right now? We, we're recording onto a Zoom live track L8 right now, and when we go do our live events at conventions and stuff, we often use the Zoom H6, and they're both just fantastic pieces of equipment. You plug your microphones in, you plug your headphones in, and you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, whether you're a classically trained pianist or a run-and-gun filmmaker or a podcaster like uh, you know like us um yep yeah i do a ton of podcasts and i can tell by listening when they're using a zoom and when they're not yeah it's the uh, mark of excellence it yeah. really is uh go check it uh, go check out all their stuff over at zoom-na.com that's zoom-na.com be professional for god's sake zoom-na.com all right okay let's get back to the show well, yeah. let, let's talk about Better Things, yeah. which is a show I have never missed an episode of since it premiered. I've seen every episode. I am uh, basically obsessed with it. It inspired me. Uh, we've had to, tons of people on that yeah, have been on that show. A and lot we had of, Joanne Toll on. And, yeah, uh, Joanne Toll was on our show. Oh, my God, Joanne. Lo- yep. Lots of – and uh, uh, Alyssa Reiner is a friend, and a couple mm-hmm. other people that are in that cast are really amazing. And I got to work with Pam on – a show called True Jackson VP for one whole day. We got to <laughs> hang out for an <laughs> afternoon, and I was like, I was already a fan, and uh, but that show is just—it's really extraordinary. What's what's the process like of getting cast on that show, but then just working on it? What's what's it like? Please tell me everything. Uh, okay, first of all, I'm always happy when I hear men talk about how much they love the show because I have had a lot of men come up to me and say, I know I'm not the target demographic for this show, but I want you to know that I love it. And I always sort of say, I think, I think the show is about people. So I think you're in the target demographic. <laughs> like, it's, I understand that it sort of centers women in the story and, and women are kind of in charge of everything. But I think that I think you're still allowed to love it as yeah. a guy. So that makes me it always makes me very happy to hear. Um, it's, it, that show feels like I manifested my dream job. It really does. Like, uh, so casting wise, the casting director is Felicia Fasano, who's now a producer on the show, who um, you probably know, and who I had been going in for for years. She cast me on Californication, and so it was like one of those casting relationships where she knew me, and I had actually, when I saw the show announced, pinged my agents and said, like, I want to keep an eye on this. I I want to be in on it. Whether that had anything to do with it. Probably not. But like, I knew what the show was when I got called in. Yeah. Um, And it was, it's a little different the way um, Pam does auditions in that you don't get sides ahead of time. They just say like, show up 15 minutes ahead. We'll give you the sides. So you can't go to a coach. You can't over prepare. It's really cold. It's a cold read just so they can sort of get a feel for what you do. And, um, and everybody was reading the same material. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went in, I did it. I think they gave me some, I think they gave me some sides for Tressa, some other stuff that they had. I did it. I don't think there was a call back. It was just one audition. And then I got a call probably the next week saying, you're in the show. We don't know who you're going to be yet. We'll <laughs> wow. let you know. That's wow. great. And, and it was for one episode. Like it was, it was, I was booked for one episode, that first episode where Pam is up or Sam is up for the pilot and mm-hmm, yeah. Tressa doesn't tell her about it and kind of manages that whole situation which was a really, it was 
a crazy experience because all of my stuff was phone calls. So I wasn't acting with anyone. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. there was someone on the other side of the phone to deliver the line. But I was in a room by myself on a show I've never seen <laughs> because no one's ever seen it. Whoa. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a little bit a little bit scary. Yeah, so I got you have, there. You have no idea what the tone of the show should be and how you should yeah. do that or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to go with, I guess they like what I did in the audition. So I'm going in the right direction. I, um, you know, Pam is there and she has a very clear, distinct energy and so you mm -hmm. can kind of take something from that so we started doing it and like i would do a take and i would hear pam from the other room screaming rebecca Mack is the greatest actress on this show <laughs> and I was like, wow okay i guess wow. that was a good take and we would do another one and she would yell everyone else is fired rebecca meant to playing all the roles <laughs> oh nice and like Aww. i would like to say that that was about me but it i that is about pam that is about the environment on that show like mm -hmm. she just she's handpicked every single person who is there she's so thrilled with <laughs> with the fact that this is happening with what we get to do she's so supportive you know by the end of the day i was frankly a little skeptical i was like is she making fun of me like <laughs> my parents are not this supportive of me oh my God. but um we I mean, finished you, it and it was yeah. you are excellent yeah. you it's, are excellent it's like on the she's show. Like you. i mean it, it, it like so much so there is yeah. a, a an episode i think last season or uh, I've sometimes I'll just go back and just watch. I you know I watch it so often that it's like mm -hmm. one of those things where I kind of you know just you know check in, kind of see like if it's on TV I'll watch it you know and then yeah I've, I do I've, that too. Yeah, I'm not sure which season it was, but there was an episode where Pam was up for a role and you didn't tell her that she was up for the role and you're trying to negotiate it and work it out and then it goes away. And she's that's the, like, that's the first episode I did. That's right. season one okay. episode okay. four. That was yeah. my first episode where she's like relieved because she needs to like, like kind of needs a break, you know? And you're like, yeah, yeah no problem. Um, and like, <laughs> it was like, I was like, Oh man, this is like, a little too real. Like this, <laughs> this, the, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the agent who's like, you know, trying to make something, you know, like I, I've got, you know, like a like a manager who works really hard for me, and I love him so much, and he's such a fucking great guy. And I know he has to deal with some weird shit, yeah. mm -hmm. and I try really hard not to put him in positions where he has to deal with like <laughs> too much weird stuff. But I get offered eh. weird, weird things <laughs> yeah. that end up a lot of times end up just falling apart in the process, yeah. and he has to yep. like you know just kind of deal with a lot of weird conversations and um you know yeah. and then every once in a while something happens and it's a win and then we get to celebrate and it's so exciting yeah. but but man like oh steven man. gets calls from people where they're like hey can you find a way to do this thing where we can have a live giraffe can you arrange to have a live oh my giraffe? god you were i didn't even <laughs> think of that somebody okay seriously rebecca real quick i'm sorry to to jump on this no um, I want to hear the live giraffe story. I was sponsored clothing-wise, okay, by a company called LRG. They're a, a, like a skateboarding company, and they would mm -hmm. send me all the clothes and all the things, and I would do all sorts of cool promotion stuff for them, and it was awesome. And there's their their a mascot was a giraffe, and uh, but it was like a cartoon, like a drawing of a giraffe, like on t-shirts. And then they came to me, and they're a huge brand, like huge. And they came to me, and they were like, "Hey." 
Um, by the way, we, we're trying to find a giraffe. Like, if you ever know anybody who has a giraffe, we need one. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is Hollywood. Of course I know if someone with a giraffe. you know anyone? It's like, I'm sure it can get you a giraffe. No big deal. So, like, they're like, yeah, we got a budget. You know, we got about 4K to, like, get a giraffe to this, you know, big giant, uh, you know, storage. Uh, what's it called? Like, warehouse mm-hmm. that we're shooting uh-huh. these skateboarders in. We want a giraffe in the background. And I was like, no problem. I got this. Like, I can help out. I'll, I'll make it work. And so, like, I make a See, bunch of phone calls. is that this should not be your job. <laughs> No, I'll go ahead. No, it's not always, at all. You know, but I'm like, I'm trying to help out. You know, I'm trying to help out. You know, yeah. maybe Stephen loves doing this. Stuff. I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> I love trying to figure out things. And so I'm like, I find someone who's got the giraffe. I talk to them. They're like, no problem. They they uh, they have like a big giraffe like uh, like thing like out in the you know like riverside or someplace, some big thousands mm-hmm. of acres, and they've got giraffes and uh, wild animals and stuff. So they load up one of their giraffes onto this uh, bed thing this truck thing and they take it all the way to to downtown los angeles where they're gonna do this thing and they get they get the giraffe to the set everyone is excited the truck pulls in the lift gate goes up everyone's like the giraffe the giraffe steps down the the platform trips falls (laughs) and slices its neck on the platform and everyone's like oh my god the giraffe is going to die the giraffe did not die the giraffe is fine okay and it needed stitches i would have cried right here on your podcast people cannot handle that these people are losing their fucking minds they're like what do we do what happens to the giraffe they're like we need to take the giraffe to the giraffe hospital they took it to they took it to the to the hospital at the la zoo you need a really really long mri machine oh my god yeah was such a fucking gigantic mess. So much so that they had to cancel the entire photo shoot, mm-hmm. which cost them yeah. uh, like almost uh, at least a hundred grand was was the cost of the day. You got to pay everyone. Yeah. They lost out on all of that. They ended the sponsorship with me immediately. <laughs> And and uh, this but it's like you didn't trip the giraffe. No, You're not standing there sticking your foot out. Well, you but then they were there. like, "Who's <laughs> responsible for the hospital bills?" And then it was like, the, "Oh, it was a mess." I yeah. And I, this is I was gonna say, what is the lesson we learned from this? Stop Do not offering offer to help <laughs> yeah. in ways that you should not be helping. This yeah. is exactly why I don't do that yeah. stuff. But anymore. that's yeah. the kind of stuff that his manager winds up getting phone calls about, where he's like, "Hey, uh, hey, Adam, we need to get we need to get a giraffe. Do you, do you know the giraffe oh people? My like, God. it's my manager's just like, stop, is <laughs> stop it, stop it, Stephen, shut up, Stephen." Um, uh, I would just want to mention that I got married at the Santa Barbara Zoo because I saw a picture online of like a happy bride, a happy groom, and a giraffe between them <laughs> smiling. Oh! And uh, we have giraffe stuff all over our house because uh-huh. it, it just there was like giraffe print on the invitations, and we went oh on a safari God. for our honeymoon. And so, like, I'm not a crazy giraffe person, but it has become a thing. Wow! So oh there's that. Wow! Look at us. I will also say that um, that episode of Better Things, it's it's super interesting to me because people who are in the industry have a totally different reaction to it than people who are not. Because people who are not in the industry think, what a shitty manager. She <laughs> didn't tell her client yeah. about this opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, like people people not in the industry responded like, Tress is a liar. Tress is a bad manager. Sam should fire her. And people in the industry were like, oh, my God. Tress is the best manager. That's it's <laughs> such a beautiful telling of how this business works. And um, it really is. feeling defensive. Yeah. 
towards the people who said Trust is a shitty manager. I just loved I just love that Sam's willing to tell stories that aren't gonna resonate clearly the way you know, the same way with everybody. Like, like there's ambiguity to them. It, it depends on your perspective and your privilege and where you're coming from. And like, she's perfectly willing to have that sort of ambiguity in her stories, which I love. Well, I mean, there's there's a, a chunk of this of one of the seasons where her daughter, her middle daughter, mm-hmm. like runs away from home and is like mm-hmm. staying at other people's houses and is is like not. It's not like, you know, living on the street, but is like living at, you know, just needs a break yeah. from the family. And I know plenty of people who have teenage daughters who have been like, uh, they just packed up <laughs> and they went and stayed at someone else's house for like three months. And it's yeah. really, it is, it is not as, when I was a kid running away from home, was like <laughs> like literally an impossible thing. Like you could never, no yeah. one would ever do something like that. And if you did, then you were like, you know, it was going to be like some Jerry Springer stuff. Like no, mm-hmm. no one. Yeah, and, you were going to die on the street. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But nowadays, it's like if someone, if a, if a, if a teenager needs a break from their family and they they want to go stay with like a relative or with like a neighbor or like a family that like they like mm-hmm. a friend or something like this, it is not as abnormal as. As it used to be and yeah. the fact that she mm-hmm. covered it so nicely and like showed what kind of pain it put her through as a as a yeah. mother and stuff like that i was like man this is like really it's really interesting stuff or the the, the you you guys did the episode where all the women um are yeah. celebrating like valentine's day or Mother's Day? Father's Day. Father's Day. Father's Day, but they're all divorced and I'm the lesbian and like there are no fathers in the picture. Oh, um yeah. I went to one of those parties <laughs> with with funny enough, some of the women on the show <laughs> and I was hired Aww. to because I'm friends with one of the women uh, they hired me to to come to the house and and not hire. They asked me as a favor to come to the house and play the piano and like lead some like sing-alongs at their piano up in the mm-hmm. up in the hills. And literally, cast members from your from show that episode. from that episode <laughs> were in the room uh-huh. that night doing the same thing. And I was like, "This is." Was that before we shot the show? Because I wonder if someone pitched it. it- yeah. Uh, it's very. It was very tight in the timeline. I mean, it was like yeah, yeah. within within months of of one of yeah. it happening. All right, we'd probably mm-hmm. shot it already, but like that, you know, that episode, and there are especially the ones where a lot of the friends, you know, a lot of the characters get together. Yeah, like it turns into a real party, and someone has to remind us to say <laughs> the lines from the script oh because my God. we're we would just stay there all day like mm-hmm. we it's just it's like i love all of those people so much i miss them like crazy i'm friends with a lot of them at this point like it's just and the same with the crew like it's just it's a it's a dream gig it really is well so, so let's let's go through also, some of uh, some of those women that you're let's talk about with. pamela adlin for a minute yeah pamela, because please. she's yeah. okay left uh i mean she's uh, a storytelling genius, I think we can say at this point. She's been yeah. a great actress. She's been a great voiceover person. Uh, one of her first roles was on the greatest television show of all time, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, Give her credit damn for that. it, Matt! <laughs> you fucking nerd! I swear <laughs> to God. 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> if there's a Star Trek connection, I will bring it in every time. Uh, but no, like she's been fantastic in everything she's done. Like how just how fun is she to work with on a set? Like she just seems like she'd be the best time ever to hang out with. Yeah, she's super fun to hang out with on set. First of all, it should be said that she is. So she's the showrunner, the executive producer, the head writer, the lead actor. And directs every episode. And the so, Rebecca Metz the, hype person, apparently. Yes. Correct. <laughs> On set therapist. The yeah. fact that she has time to be fun with anyone when we're shooting is insane. Um, but she does. And and on any other show, a person doing that many jobs would slow the whole process down. Yeah. You know, it would it would be really inefficient and everyone would be upset and not saying anything because that person is in charge. And that is not what it's like. It makes it makes complete sense. It works more smoothly than if she was not doing all those things, um, which is incredible and to her enormous credit. But yeah, she's, she's amazing to work with. She's, I mean, one of the, uh, one of the great things about it is that the fact that she does all those jobs means that if we want to change things, there's no one else we need to ask. Like, yeah. and because she's an actor, we can say to her, I don't feel like this moment is working the way it's written. I feel like I would do X instead, or could we move this here? We've, we've done scenes where she was just like, this is not working. We're going to chop this up and rework it from the ground up. And we can do that because mm-hmm. she's the boss and, yeah. and she speaks actor. So, you know, you don't have to sort of find a way to make something work that someone who's not an actor has come up with, you know, which happens yeah. sometimes. Um, she's, she's, she's a very strong She's got very strong mom instincts, so she's always taking care of everybody. Is she writing um, she, while on set for the next episode? No, or everything is, she... is cross-boarded, so the whole okay. season is written before we start. I mean, oh, there's wow. tweaks happening, but but everything is written before we start because they cross-board the entire season, which for people who don't know means instead of like shoot one episode, then we shoot the next episode, then we shoot the next episode, they shoot everything. They go to a location. Shoot everything shoot from that everything location. From all of the episodes in that location. So in a given day, you might be shooting material from five different episodes. Oh, my God. Which is like a crazy amount of work for scripty, for, you know, every department. All the continuity and wardrobe. But it probably saves a ton of money in terms of the shooting schedule. Yeah, that's why people do it. We, We And the show was all on location until season three then they put the house is on a soundstage now it's it's rebuilt like upstairs is upstairs everything is it's like when you are in the house on the soundstage you would swear that you were in the house (laughs) from location until you step outside and are like oh there's a roof um but at least that makes things a little bit easier because because location, you know, brings a lot of additional oh, yeah. sort of yeah, complexities and whatever. I didn't. I, I did not realize that that it was uh, that that house was on a soundstage. That's really amazing. Now it is. There was a. I think in season two there was an, a day when I got a call sheet and it had a bear warning across the top, and I was like, <laughs> oh, they must be shooting something with a bear later. But actually, the house was in Altadena. Oh, there was yeah. just a bear. <laughs> like a they bear showed around. up, and there was a bear swimming in the pool and hanging out near Crafty. And so it was like, hey, everybody, be careful when you go to the honey wagon not to get eaten by the bear. That, that, and that's got to be the inspiration for her having a bear on the show, yes. too. Oh, that's great. Yes, I believe it was. Yeah, because I, I remember bear. when that bear was hanging out in people's pools and it was just like in the neighborhood because it was on the news. And they're like, well, we're just going to yeah. sort of leave it because we don't know what to do with a bear in a swimming pool. Like, what do you do? So. Yeah. yeah. I have a video of Kevin Pollack 
doing his Johnny Carson impression, narrating <laughs> us watching the bear eat garbage in the valley below the house. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, now That's okay, amazing. you yeah. got you get to work with Kevin Pollock, and uh, but but then on this night, the 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 Father's Day episode, mm-hmm. it's you, it's Judy Gold, it's Alyssa mm-hmm. Reiner, it's Cree Summer. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting. Judy something. Reyes. And yeah, oh my God, what, what can you tell us a little bit about these women of what what, it, what it's like to spend time with them? Um, we're all very loud. It's difficult <laughs> to get a word in edgewise. Uh, it's <laughs> I don't even. It's loud. That's the biggest thing. It's loud and it's yeah. funny all the time. Always someone is crying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like That's so great. I don't even I don't even have words. I can't believe that Pam is able to wrangle the energy of that. Like we we would we would have just gone to a bar. We have actually done this. We there have been episodes when all the girls got together. The one called Santa Barbara, where we go on the plane to Sunny's new boyfriend's house. We were done shooting. We just went wine tasting. Like we just keep hanging out with each other because we're having so much fun that day was that day was really intense it was it was you know real lady friends getting together talking through some real shit i mean that that episode is inspired by something that someone in the cast is going through i'm not going to out anybody of course you know a lot of the stuff in the show comes from the lives of the people on the show and so there are real feelings coming up and real stories to be told well what i've uh, i think that comes through when you watch it and that it really yeah, it's it rings of truth that show. Like, uh, what's I'm not I'm not uh, dropping any names by saying this, but <laughs> I have run into um, a lot of uh, there's a lot of women that I know in this industry that are very successful who have had uh, husbands uh, walk out mm-hmm. or not be able to mm-hmm. handle them mm-hmm. being successful and being the yeah. the the breadwinner or bringing home the you know, like being able to pay, like pay for everything, handle everything, and and yeah, they, and or just or just the guys, are, you know, the 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 men are just uh, pieces of shit, basically. And uh, I, for yeah. one, and, and just and just on the record, I, for yeah. one, would love a woman who made all the money. <laughs> so if anybody out there is a wealthy woman mm-hmm. that would like to date mm-hmm. a skinny redhead, uh, uh, a skinny up. redhead who loves uh, Star Trek, <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> and just ordered a tricorder. My husband was a internet. skinny redhead. He's great hey. now, but he was a skinny redhead, and he loved that I make money sometimes. And, and I'll have you know, I did not bring up Kevin Pollock's William Shatner impression. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so All there right. you go. Thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, but I, I do, I have noticed that a lot that like some of these, some of these women who are like, uh, you know, powerful, badass women mm-hmm. that, that these, mm-hmm. these men, some of these men just can't fucking hang. And it's like, oh. it's, it's un- mind blowing. I, I can't understand it. So, so related story. In season two, you know the episode where uh, she, Pam, Sam, Pam, Sam is on a date with a guy. They're at Musso and Frank's, and they're talking, and they have a big fight in the parking lot. Yeah. And she goes off on him. So I helped with casting. Felicia had something come up and asked if I could come in and read. She had a bunch of actors lined up for that role and a bunch of other roles, and she asked if I could come in and help read, and I did. And a, and a lot of actors whose work you would recognize, whose faces you would recognize, came in and read for that. And like I said, you don't get the sides ahead of time, so they only saw it when they showed up. And more than a few of the men who came in to read for that role could not do it. 
could not allow themselves to lose a fight to a woman <laughs> who's crazy. smarter than them. Really? Couldn't do it. And I was like, and some said they couldn't do it or said, you know, I would never let a woman talk to me this way. And I just thought, like, if you had to read the shit that women have to read oh, for yeah. in the along the lines of shit I would never do or say, <laughs> you would die. You would die and quit and it, go back to wherever it is that you and came from. It's called like, acting. Like, it's not real. Yeah. Just, and and the thing is, so John Ailes, who's the actor who got that role, who did it so beautifully, mm-hmm. and you just look at the work he did and go, look at the opportunity you've been given. This writing is incredible. You, you as a man, get to show some vulnerability, get to mm-hmm. show being hurt and, like, do some stuff that men are not called upon to do very often on television. And you're going to pass that up because you can't be low status to a woman. Like it just, oh, it come makes on. me sad and blows my mind. And, yeah. and then you see someone who can do it and you go, well, you know, that's why you get the part. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, uh, real quick before we continue the show, um, I want to talk about a third generation family run business that I am very proud to be working with. Uh, Sennheiser is the number one, number top tier <laughs> microphone uh, company in the mm-hmm. world. And we are so lucky that we are now recording our show using Sennheiser microphones and their headphones. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. We're, we're talking into Sennheiser MD42 microphones and using Sennheiser HD25 headphones, and these sound amazing. I mean, listen to Mike Black's voice. Listen to the rich and sumptuous soundscape that comes out of my voice. Oh. Every time I speak into a Sennheiser. Absolutely. Go check out uh, their microphones and their sound equipment over at Sennheiser.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, there's there's a couple of um, uh, shows that you've worked on, you know, before we wrap things up, I'd like to be able to uh, to, to bring up and, and just kind of just see, see uh, you know, like if, if you have any memories from them, anything that, that you mm-hmm. know, is, is it was important uh, about working on it. AJ and the Queen, which was a uh, – Oh, my God. Look, look like a hell of a lot of fun as far as a show to work on. Were, what, what, what did you do on it? What was it, what was it like? Um, it was an episode. So that's a show starring and executive produced by RuPaul. Um, and we did musical numbers from Greece. I oh was I was in a trio God. with Bridget Everett and Natasha Legero, which is, you know, oh intimidating if you're delivering comedic <laughs> material. Um, it was like last year or two years ago when it was pouring rain in L.A. And so we when we were shooting outside and so it was a little bit of an odyssey in that way. Um, but I got to hang out spent a lot of time in an RV with RuPaul, Bridget Everett, and Natasha Legero playing Dirty Charades. And Whoa! Which I would highly recommend. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. That was pretty awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, you did one episode of This Is Us. Is that right? I did. What? Yeah. Okay, so and that that's a show where everybody um, everybody dies, everybody cries. Everyone cries, everyone dies. <laughs> um, uh, everyone in my family loves that show. Uh, there's a lot. Every time I go visit my mom, she's like, "Let's watch This Is Us together." And I'm like, "Oh God, oh God, <laughs> oh boy, here like, we go." Here, here comes the tears. Um, it, what what did you, what was that set like uh, as far as like um, working wise? First of all, that's also a show that reminds you how many people watch network television because like you do a nice cable show and people are like, "Oh hey, I saw you on the thing." You did This Is Us, and every person you went to grammar school with calls yeah. your parents and is like, oh, my God. You know, it's just a completely different level. Yeah. Um, 
that was actually a reshoot. So I went in on a Thursday and we shot Friday. Like it was the fastest job I've ever done. Wow. They, I think they had shot that scene with a very different, much more somber tone and decided they didn't want that. And so they rewrote it with some humor in it, which is, you know, being the funny person on a drama is something I have done a lot. Um, yeah, you did that. Uh, and, you were funny also on, on Grey's Anatomy when they when you went in. Yeah. On that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's a, a sort of niche I've sort of fallen into. Um, it's a good one to this, be in. This is us was amazing. Yeah. Super quick. We shot it at the W Hotel in Hollywood, which was very exciting for everybody who was near the W Hotel in Hollywood <laughs> watching. This is us people show up. Yeah. Um, but it was so fast that it was like I woke up that weekend and, and was like, did I? work on this is us or am i hallucinating (laughs) did i just get punked where i just uh, showed up for a day and did something i don't know what happened it it felt kind of not real i love it i love that so great um you were on shameless for 14 episodes if not more yeah um who did who did you work with mostly on that show emmy rossum emmy rossum was my i worked in the diner at these pies as a waitress with emmy rossum um, and some Dermot Mulrooney, mm-hmm. who I love, and yeah, and and William H Macy showed up and he directed an episode that I was in, as did Emmy. So oh wow! It was oh pretty amazing. Now, uh, how would how would you say your character on that show relates to you in real life? Because we know Sammy <laughs> Hanratty, who was on that show, oh, and her Sammy. character on that show is the opposite of her in real life. Like, on the uh-huh. show, she's like a drug addict bad girl, and Sammy Hanratty's like the nicest, most bubbly girl you'll ever yeah. meet in your life. So, like, for you, were you playing sort of opposite what you do? Like, do they do that a lot on that show? Or were you sort of like, eh, it's sort of just me being me and not, doing the show? Or It was neither. It was um not the opposite of me, but not me. Much mm-hmm. grittier and trashier than me, which is, I think, everyone on the I, I think you have to do that for shameless. Grittier yeah. and trashier than they yeah. actually are. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was, you know, I tend to play <laughs> not super friendly, cranky, um, sarcastic characters. So it was it was consistent with characters I have played <laughs> on other shows. But yeah. but specific to the shameless world, I mean, my favorite thing is that my hair and makeup took like 15 minutes because it was not supposed to look good. Yeah. You know, um, I got to make all kinds of vulgar gestures, roll my eyes a lot. Like a lot of the time when you're working in TV, they're always, at least this is the note I get, is they're always like, remember, we have to like her. We have to think she likes the people she's talking to. You do not get that note on Shameless. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which it. is super fun. Like it's super fun yeah. to be like. It's a show with no likable characters. Like they're, <laughs> yeah. it's, that's the beauty like, of it. Make yeah. it trashier, dirtier, more disgusting. <laughs> and more like you hate yourself and everyone you're working with. And That's also, we were waitressing. Like, there was a day that I came home from set and I walked 9,000 steps on set. Like, mm. we were oh working. Yeah. I mean, what's so cameras. What's so cool uh, with your career, too, is that, like, when you, like, I mean, with with shows like Better Things and with Coop and Cammy, it's like you've done a ton of episodes of these shows, and you're you know you're you know you're in there all the time. But like shows like Mindy Project, Criminal Minds, Marin, uh, NCIS, Californication, <laughs> The Middle, Parenthood. I mean, Weeds, Justified, Mentalist, Prison Break. It's like you're you have been on like everything everything yeah. like what what how what is <laughs> what what is the thing what do you feel like is 
the the thing that ties it together for you that that has made this a a, a, like a real career are you good in the in the room when it comes to like is like do you feel comfortable like what's your preparation like to go in for stuff like this because this is I mean um, it's so impressive I know so many actors thank you where you know where they've been like you know they've been on like one thing and then they've been on yeah. they maybe they like like for example I'm not, I'm not trying to relate everything back to myself <laughs> but like yeah. I did. Sure. I did uh, uh, two epi- Two uh, like did a reoccurring on one thing. I did a guest star on one thing. I did a, a guest star on a Disney Channel movie, and then I did five years on a Nick show, and then a movie uh-huh. like yeah. a big a big Warner Brothers movie. But that's that's it. And like every once in a while, I'll go in for like NCIS or I'll go in for something. But I just I'm I I have so much reverence for uh for so someone Steven wants who to know is, how does he book more jobs how do you book more no i mean how do you do, i mean well, it is absolutely phenomenal all, that you're able to that you're doing what you're doing first of all i can't tell you how much pleasure it brings me that that my having done one or two episodes on so many shows is like now something to be proud of and impressed by because mm-hmm. at the time i felt trapped in one day guest star jail and I was never going to get out. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you yeah, can't, you can't make a living on that. I was still working full-time day jobs through all of those jobs. And, mm-hmm. and I felt, I felt like there was something wrong with me because that's what I was doing. So, so, and also it doesn't feel like you've been on everything. It just feels like I've been on one episode, <laughs> uh-huh. you know? So like to, to have arrived at wherever I am now and have that now be a thing to be proud of is um, I want to send a little, letter through time to myself and just tell myself that someday that's what it's going to feel like yeah. well, it's, it's not awesome. what it felt like I, I don't know i don't know if you know fred stoller but he wrote a book called maybe we'll have you back because he was a guest yeah. star on like everything from the 90s to basically now oh, yeah like every like he's just like the guy who shows up and i think the longest run he had was on everybody loves raymond where he did like 15 of them but yeah. like uh, most shows, he would drop in for like one episode, and th- and they're like, maybe we'll have you back, and that like that's pretty much it because he was Always. he's a very specific kind of role that he can play, so that's not the kind of thing they're going to have all the time on these shows, and I think it's just uh, something actors need to remember is like, hey, this is just a job. Like you go in, you do the job, and then you move on to the next one. But like eventually, you're going to get your shot to where you can do something more long term. Yeah. I think. Because what then, what ended up happening is that you've proven to a whole bunch of casting officers and a whole bunch of producers and directors yeah. all over town that you, that you can do it, that you can deliver, that you can deliver in an audition room, that you can deliver on set. Um, I think part of what happened with me was that I, first of all, realized that I needed to learn to love auditioning. If you hate mm-hmm. auditioning, which a lot of actors do, which is bizarre, but if you hate it, you're not going to book a lot of work because people can tell that you hate it. Sure. Um, you know, so I learned, I learned, I love auditioning and I'm really good at it. So that helps a lot. That's cool. Um, I think, I think also, first of all, there are a lot of actors who won't do those roles. Like once they have a certain amount of credits who start mm-hmm. turning them down. And, and, um, there are things now that I won't do for sure, but I, I think that's part of the calculation is, is there something, even if it's something I've done before, if it's not that many lines, whatever, is there someone on the show that I would love to work with? Is it a show that I'm a fan of? Is it a kind of work I haven't done before? Like, you know, and, and then also I think it comes back to training. It, you know, it turns out there are not that many actors who can be thrown in guest acting 
I can now say with some hindsight is so hard mm-hmm. because you're thrown in to like a fast moving machine where you don't know anyone. Every show has a different energy, a different vibe, a different pace, mm-hmm. a different way of working. And you don't get to know any of that. You just have to show up, kill it because there's no time for the guest actor to fuck up, kill it and get out of the way, which is, you know, I think we've all seen guest actors fall apart because that's hard to do. And, yeah, sure. and um, you know, I think when you get a reputation for being able to do that well, on the one hand, you'll keep getting offers for guest work, which can be frustrating. But on the other hand, you will keep working because um, a lot of the time they they have problems with people because they can't handle it. So like on Shameless, I, I think the reason I was on Shameless for, for so long was that is a very fast moving, very professional, high level, high energy set and not everyone can handle it you're expected Mm -hmm. to show up know your lines there's no baby sides on set like show up know your shit don't screw it up and get out and um i think being able to do that is what kept me coming back to that show you know and to all of those jobs i think yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah. Um, so would you say that the jobs you won't do is Celebrity Cannonball? Is that one you won't is do? Is that the one? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be. I have no interest in, like, losing 80 pounds for a job or climate. There's a whole genre of television and films that I call, like, stuff that makes me glad I'm on my couch. Like Everest, oh, Walking man. Dead. You know, the shows yeah. with extreme temperatures, lots of running. I don't I don't need it. I yeah. don't need it. Like we yeah. we had Jonathan Banks on the show. We talked about there was like a scene in uh, oh my God. Better Call oh, Saul where they're like that. off in the oh desert where like and he's like, Oh yeah, they're like people dropping of heat stroke in the crew. Yeah. You know, and they're like in the yeah. sun, like and he's like, Oh no, we were really in the desert doing that. I'm like I'm like, You're like eighty. Like don't die, yeah. please don't die. We yeah. we need God. you. <laughs> or Lance, he- we had Lance oh, yeah. Henriksen on the show, and it was yeah. the same thing. Just the stuff. Like he, he was stuff. on Better Things too, and he yeah. he talked about how much he, he was. loved it. Yeah, yeah. but but like, yeah, I'll do. I will do all kinds of emotional heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. I will, you know, I did American Horror Story, and in the scene that did not air, I was like in my underwear chained to a metal table in a room full of meat hooks and plastic sheeting. I'll wow. do some stuff that wow. a lot of other people don't want to do, um, but but I don't need to. Um, go to physical extreme yeah. that's not a thing i need to do yeah i love it I although love if it. someone has a movie that they want me to do with that in it let me know and we'll talk what um uh, as we're uh, wrapping up just uh, something that i i always feel like is is a is a good ask is you know and it's a tricky question because in mm-hmm. this in this business we don't really choose we don't know what's coming next you know like we don't yeah. know what people are working on next that that would include you know include you and things like that like so uh but but what is something that you would like to do that you haven't gotten to mm-hmm. do yet in your career um i used to not have an answer to that question but i thought about it and i actually kind of do so like when i was in high school i had it's not exactly a goth phase but kind of a punky gothy alt phase that was very much of the mid to late 90s mm-hmm. um i would love to go back into that world because that i feel like that's kind of a path if i had not gone in this direction i could have gone off in that direction and lived a very different looking life wow. and um i love i just i still i my dad just sent me all my old vinyl 
mm-hmm. from the basement in New Jersey. <laughs> and I'm just, it's all like REM and Ramones and like all my old stuff. And it's just making me remember very viscerally that sort mm-hmm. of like alt college slightly punky army surplus scene. And I would love to get into a character who had some of that to it. Like some kind of wonderful when I was listening to Leah Thompson, like that yeah. world, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. I would love to play someone with some of that to them because I haven't gotten to and that's a part of me. And that just reminded me when I was a freshman at Carnegie Mellon, uh, the Ramones came and I got to see him for a dollar. Did you go to that show? Yes, I did. Well, we were and there I remember, together. <laughs> I remember that, like, they they played their set. Mm-hmm. They left the stage. The house lights were still off. They had not played lobotomy. Yeah. They had not played, you know, they had not played the hit. The big ones, started yeah. leaving. And I just started screaming, like, are you people stupid? <laughs> the show is not I know, over. it's nowhere near done. Yeah. It was not crowded enough. I was losing my mind. But yeah. yes, I was very much at that show. That's exciting well, that we were both there. That's there you go. So cool. <laughs> I love that. Um, do you do you use? Uh, are you a social media person? Are you using the the Instagrams and the Twitters and the things? Yes, just the Instagrams and the Twitters. I don't know about any of the other. You things, don't do the TikToks. Am, uh, You're not on TikTok no, yet. No, <laughs> oh, Rebecca. No. Yeah, t- tell the I'm kids on that why. Disney show that you're not on TikTok yet, and they'll take care of it. Yeah, they'll hook you up. Help you. I don't want them to. I've told them to not try to talk <laughs> me into it. I, two is my limit. I left Facebook last year. I'm tearing down, not the other way. Oh, um, man, I get it. But I'm at it. the Rebecca Mads on those two platforms and those two platforms only. I love Very it. Cool. Matt, where can people find you? Uh, there are links to everything at funnymat.com, or if you're upset by me in any way, please let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. I love it. And mm-hmm. people do. People do. The, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can always get me at, <laughs> at Stephen Glickman, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Glickman, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the places. Uh, where else? Um Bumble, plenty of fish. <laughs> All the places. Oh, no. Oh, so sad. Um, it is so lovely and wonderful getting a chance to to talk to you, Rebecca. Like I'm, I've been a fan for a long time. Uh, I'm, I've, I've, I've watched so much of the things that you've done, and and getting a chance to like talk to you and get to like really learn about you and stuff is is uh, been an honor. And I hope we get to work together in the future. I would love that. And you guys have, thank you for asking like real substantive questions and being, being cool people. And this has been really fun. Yay. Well, thank you. All right. <laughs> thanks. Thanks a lot. Talk, talk again soon. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Oh.